to Rig for Dirt, the podcast recorded where the adventure happens. I'm Frank. And I'm Ollie. And we are here with Josh from Off the Grid. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, Josh. Welcome, you guys. Yeah, yeah right? I guess so. Yeah, we're in, yeah. We're in your space. Yeah, you're in the shop. We're for in a, the shop. For a change, we're not in my driveway. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Our listeners will appreciate um, the that we don't have the passing car every once in a while. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, the wind. Street, street, the street noise. To my house, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, again, we still aren't on trail, but at, at the very minimum, we are in a different state or city, and uh, we're here at Off the Grid Surplus's uh, flagship shop. Yep, this is our flagship store. This is our office. Not this quite is... open, open. We're open. You're open. Soft open. Soft open. Soft okay, open. Yeah. Because yeah. you have a grand opening the, that will be after a week after this podcast airs. Well, that so that's our private opening. Okay, yeah, we'll not so another. private anymore. Thanks. Yeah, actually, this Way this will go. air after after that, so we're okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Everyone that didn't hear about it, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but you are open for business now, so doors are open. Um, you can come swing by and check out the goods already. Yeah, absolutely. Downtown Grand Avenue in Escondido, California. On the way out to Akatia Wells and Glamis yeah. and the desert. So yeah. that was one of, I mean, growing up here, that's, you know, kind of was always the allure. There's so many people that are more desert minded and, and off-road guys. So I feel like you almost need to start like uh, supplying like, you know, those perishable items that people will want, like, you know, wag bags, freaking water containers, whatever. So as they come through on their way to their adventure, they can stop by here and kind of almost stock up before yeah. they head out. I mean, that's something we've talked about is just, you know, is, is this going to be a stop for people when they're on their way out? What are those, you know, items Mm -hmm. that they would need when they're headed out to the trail? Like, do we have those? Should we have those? And, you know, we've been really trying to play around with what items we're going to have in here outside of the gear that we, that we produce, you know, so recovery gear, we're definitely going to have, um, when we put the Jeep in here, um, we're going to build a platform on the back of it so that you can uh, do route planning, right? Oh, so that's plan cool. Your next oh, trip that's out. Nice. You know, that was something going to REI, you know, whatever REI, uh, love you guys. <laughs> it <laughs> is kind of, no, straight up, straight <laughs> carry, up. carry my brand, please straight up. It is, it is kind of a love hate relationship, right? Like it's you, they do have a lot of things that we need, <laughs> but at the same time, like there's, there's right. conflict. Right. Them. They don't support, you know, the lifestyle that we like to live. Right. Hey, actually, no. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, what's been changing? going on. Yeah. It's changing because, you know, you're starting to see ads where they have uh, rooftop tents, like views out of a rooftop tent. Oh, yeah. I got vehicles their, with rooftop tents. I got their tents. Overland email blast mm-hmm. like yeah. a couple of weeks ago. We were on, I was on their website the other day and they had yeah. a full overlanding yeah. like setup on the, yeah. on the front page. And I was like, well, well this is interesting money talks i don't think people realize how huge that is because yeah. you've had these guys and other uh, conservationists who were adamantly opposed to four-wheel off-road driving in on uh, on public lands because it destroyed the environment or it was right up there with petzl or you know all those other companies that right anti- and suddenly here we i look are. at it as a positive i mean if if I, i'm going to choose to say that they are have been enlightened mm-hmm. they've, they've seen right. they've, they've seen that that the the negativity was not true and that this group offers a valuable resource to the environment and they care about it mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of alignment more than misalignment. Well, it's not all dirtbag for like off-roaders. It's like actual people right. that have just like it's a lot of families. evolved camping into this new, yeah. like, like I always say, dad 2.0. Exactly. It's, like, mm. it's dad 2.0. It's like camping, the next version of camping. Yep. And they're still responsible. They still want to leave no trace. They're just trying to get out to like cooler spots and enjoy themselves. Yep. And right. now we're gonna, and now you're gonna give people like that kind of gateway 
for the for people that are in Southern California that are heading out through North County. You're going to give them that kind Absolutely. of experience in here, right? Where you can, yeah. they can kind of stop by, chit chat, meet some like minded people, get some cool gear. Absolutely. That's, that's the whole plan. Like for us, you know, and I see this place, it's not, you know, I tell so many people, this isn't just, um, it's just about us having an office space, having apparel here. This is us being a part of the community, right? This yeah. is us, you know, doing events. We, we tell all the local guys, you know, dead man off roads mm-hmm. right here. Um, that that's in the city as well, those guys. Yeah, and nice. so we've told them, Hey, you know, you're more than welcome. If you want to throw a party here, if you want to do a launch here, like whatever it is, like our house is your house. Yeah. Like we want this place to be a, you know, part of the off-road community that come hang out, come check out, you know, if you want to watch King of Hammers live, you know, while that it's going on, cool, yeah. come in here and check it out, you know, yeah. um, things like that, that just expose more people to the community, to the off-road lifestyle, um, is a big part of what we do and what this place is going to be. Yep. And speaking of this place and off the grid, so I always like going back and just starting from the beginning. Sure. Let's talk about, let's talk about how this all came to be. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all started, uh, about eight years ago, 2012, I was working, um, for another big brand, um, FMF, great guys, love Donnie and all those guys. And, um, was driving home one day and it just kind of hit me like, you know, there's nobody that supports the off-road community, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not four by four Jeep, um, overlanding wasn't even really a thing like, back like then. lifestyle clothing, right? Like for that specific community, right. cause there, there were a lot of, like you said, right. There's moto and there's all right. these other, like, mm-hmm. all, and they're making like, you know, full pants and suits and jerseys and right. whatnot. But yeah, like the lifestyle wear and the everyday wear. Right. I mean, and that's one, when, when we started going to events, we would tell people like, tell us another off-road, tell us another apparel brand that's here, Yeah, you know, and at the beginning there wasn't, you yeah. know, there wasn't anybody. And you know, there was, there was a lot of guys that made, you know, gear metal, you know, you had the metal militias, the FMFs, the foxes, stuff like that, but they were more focused on moto and it was right. also desert lifestyle. Sure. Right? Yeah. You're right. Because I feel like a lot of us were, were either repurposing that gear or repurposing hiking and outdoorsy mm-hmm. gear, like, you know, um, a lot of North Face, North Face, and Cool, right. and things like 511, that. Five right? Eleven, yeah, yeah. Five Eleven. We're finding other industries and other things, and we're just kind of repurposing them to where they kind of fit in building this hodgepodge of like clothing, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, and that's where I really saw my brother-in-law actually was is kind of like my muse or like the impetus for the brand, and he's a guy that owns his own plumbing company. Um, he loves going to the desert on the weekends with his family, and so it's like, what? apparel items would he want to wear? What is functional for him that he could wear every day at the office and then also wear it out into the desert. And he doesn't feel like he has to change. Oh, now I need to get in my desert outfit. Right. Or now, you know, (laughs) I need to get out of my work outfit and get into my desert clothes into my weekend uniform. (laughs) Right. Right. And so it's like, what's something functional every day? Um, that's super wearable. And then you, it still functions when you need it out in the desert or on the trail or whatever. And so that's where the, you know, the trailblazer pants kind of were born in my mind of just like, I would love to have this workwear looking functional pant that I can take all the best features from outdoor workwear and tactical and kind of combine into one package that's yeah. super wearable and doesn't look overly out of know, place, right? It doesn't, it doesn't look out of place, right? Right. Kinda, right. Yeah. You can be on a job site or you can be at the campsite. Yeah. You know, that was one of our first mottos was from the job site to the campsite. You know, that's how we kind of filtered a lot of the things that we did for the brand. That's pretty cool. I yeah. mean, shit, we were, when we were waiting for you to come to the shop, we were at the little Mexican joint around the corner. By the way, a lot of good eats around here. Like Super good, good places to drink, yeah. coffee. Escondido in general has yeah. a pretty diverse culture. 
So yeah, it's like street is, is awesome. Yeah. You've got Felipe's pizza. That's been there, you know, 30, 40 years. You've got uh, burger bench, which just opened up down the street. It's super amazing. Sushi joint just opened up right next door. We have plan nine brewery, which those guys are awesome dudes. And we're good friends with, we've been going there for a long time. So when the space opened up next to him, we were really excited. Yeah. You know, yes. To, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you guys awesome. just punch a hole in the wall and have a pass through. Right. right? We, like we, a little window. But yeah, I mean, there's, we, we were at that little Mexican joint and uh, I spilled some salsa on my pros that I have here and it just wiped off, yeah. you know? So it's good for, good, it's good for eating too. Salsa That's proof. Right. <laughs> yeah. Salsa proof. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> salsa proof. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, you've been supporting me for a while uh, with my project and you've been uh, a good friend. Um, and then also we've done some things through KC as well, like where our whole crew at SEMA was running off the grid. Yeah. Um, and even when I was working at 511, you were one of the examples I would point to saying, look, there's, any, there's a brand that's even, you know, capitalizing on this whole movement of, you know, overlanding and off-road and they're, they're creating a brand and there's like, there's a good response to it. Like we need to be in the space. And you know, that was like back when I was trying to right. really pull them kicking and screaming over. And it's like, and then finally I'm like, why am I struggling so hard? And you know, then you and I started talking. I'm like, yeah, I mean, shit, I might as well wear these. Cause these are exactly what I want. You know, <laughs> they, they stretch, they've got stretched. Right. And, um, I use them for my daily, like going into the office as well as when, you know, I'm on the trail and right. they're the, the pros especially are pretty lightweight. So they don't retain a lot of heat. Um, what were the ones that you gave me before? Was it, were those the 3.0s? Yeah. 3.0s. I like the material on those, but those are a thicker one. So I'd wear those in the cooler months, right. you know? Um, but you, you kind of have a style for everything. And, and then the, the design itself, like who does a lot of your design work? Me. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, I've always thought you remind me so much of Justin from Heatwave. Like ah. you really do. Even like just the way you guys even look when you like, you're both graphic designers, you're both owners of your companies and you both take a personal like investment in. Mm. And it's so cool to see that, you know, there's so much passion behind what it is you want to do. And you, you actually like beyond FMF, you, you also worked at somewhere else too, right? Yeah. So I've worked for, I mean, started out at Rip Curl, um, in 1999 actually, um, as a graphic designer in marketing, um, and then moved to Quicksilver four years later to do graphics. And then while I was there is when, um, I really started to see these cut and sew guys that were doing all the cut and sew apparel. And I was like, man, I, I really like one graphic design. I mean, they're one of my favorite quotes is, you know, graphic designers are the new modern day ditch digger, <laughs> right? Okay. It's like, you can throw a rock and hit a graphic designer. And so <laughs> there was a ton of us at Quicksilver in the graphic design department. And if you wanted to move up, then that mean you had to be either a senior designer and then a creative director. Right. right? And so there wasn't a whole lot of, I wasn't, the, I'll admit it, I wasn't the best either, you know, mm -hmm. when, in terms of, uh, I mean, we had this guy, Randy there, that was a uh, insane artist, like real artist, you know, like yeah. paint and came from uh, the Art Institute, like had there a really go. amazing traditional yeah. background in oil painting and acrylic painting. Makes you wonder why you're even doing what you're doing. Oh, and he would, he would do his own gallery shows and stuff like that. Wow. So it's like, I knew like the yeah. level of, of talent that they had here was pretty amazing. I could get by, you know, I, I did a lot of the more commercial graphics for them. And, uh, but I really, uh, started to see these cut and sew designers and what they were doing. They were traveling a lot more. Um, they got to go do more of the shopping. Uh, there was, you know, at Quicksilver we had, we had a senior VP and then we had four directors 
and then you, they all had designers underneath them. So I'm like, oh, there's a lot more yeah. room to grow in this area. more vertical there than there is under, under the path you want. More on. buckets to get yeah. into. Right. Yeah. So I started pushing myself in that direction and, and, and kind of focusing um, when I would communicate with my bosses, like, hey, I think I want to go more this direction. And they encouraged me, which was awesome. That's They're right. a great company. And, you know, got over there as an assistant. And um, I would do all my work uh, for, for the designers that I worked for. And then I was just like... I'm just going to design stuff that I think the brand needs, you know, yeah. like, Hey, I'm going to get all my work done. I'm going to take care of all the stuff, but I feel like we're missing some things and yeah. I want to just start, start filling in gaps. I just mm-hmm. want to start creating. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I did. And it, it kind of blew them away and they got really excited and nice. they kept moving me up. And then eventually I had a friend that worked there who was one of the directors and he left to go take over, um, at another brand, um, and head up their whole design team. And so he brought me with him. Oh, wow. And and so he's a really good friend of mine. He was a mentor of mine. And so I knew if I wanted to keep growing, um, Quicksilver is amazing and they have all those buckets. But at the same time, you get stuck in one of those buckets sure. sometimes. Yeah. And, and they, I wanted and they, to keep they want you to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, so like I got to a point where it was like, hey, you just do knits. Right. You do polo shirts, yep. you do Henleys, and you do You're really sweaters. good at this, so we're going to keep you there. Right. right. Yeah. And <laughs> so it was like. That's what we need, yeah. Right. 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 And so I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to design all categories, you know? Yeah. And so this gave me the ability to go kind of branch out, learn a lot more, keep, I'm, I'm such like a, I like to learn and I love to dive in like with both feet and I go nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'll tell you a story later on, but, and so when it came to the ability to go now and, and I knew this guy knew his stuff, he was a, one of the head denim designers at Billabong when denim was just crushing it. So he had so much knowledge with that. Um, and so I knew I, I had a ton to learn from this guy. And so I went with him to three different companies. Um, and then eventually I got to a place where I was a senior designer and he had left and gone somewhere else and I didn't really want to go. And so, um, I worked at this other company for about six more months. And then actually I got, um, at FMF, I got laid off. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a, a season to where I was a cut and sew designer and it's, it's a, that's a different animal than tees, hats, and fleece, right? And yeah. so they can crush it with tees, hats, and fleece all day long. Um, but They'll when it comes to- saw those things, yeah. Right, cutting. So you have to get into different retailers. You have to get into bigger spaces, you know, and a lot of the, the retailers they were in couldn't support it. And so at the end of the day, I got let go and I transitioned into more of a freelance role and, and did that for a few years and then um, got a job at, at Hybrid uh, where I met, uh, my boss that really helped me develop off the grid, which was insane. And so I really was able to start working with some of our factories that we had there. Cause I worked for, um, we were a licensing company. So there was multiple brands that I worked for. And so that nobody was married to, um, one brand, right. To where once I got the job at Prana, they were, they were a little leery of all my off the grid stuff, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, that's where I really started to develop the brand. And that's where I created the first pair of pants and, um, with this factory that we're using still, um, and we were able to launch it with an Indiegogo campaign, which is pretty, Oh wild. wow. Yeah. That's how, that's how it all started with the yeah. Indiegogo. And yeah. That's funny about Prana is that's kind of how I met you was through Eric Dawson was yeah. his. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric's, you know, um, American yep. Overland, yep. a good friend of ours. And, uh, it's, it's so cool to see it all kind of come around and right. go full circle. But so the Indiegogo, I guess went off like crazy, right? The Indiegogo was good. Um, it, w- it didn't go off, oh, really? um, but it, it helped us get the money to then put the deposit down, okay. um, to get everything made. I mean, back then it was like, 
we would have to pay 30% up front and 70% when it hit the docks. Oh, okay. It's like before they would even release it to and us. And how, how long are we talking about since the company started to now? I mean, like, what, so that what? was about a six year span. Okay. So I mean, when I started the company in 2012, you know, I knew um, I can't just come up, I can't have this brand that nobody knows about that has no following that has no exposure um and just make i'm gonna have to go make a thousand pairs of pants and try and sell them right you know so it's like i knew i had to develop the brand as a as a brand i had to be in community i had to be spending time at events talking to people and this is when you know instagram was still pretty pretty early yeah um for a lot of people um, but it blew up in the, within the communities as well. And so I met so many people just through Instagram. Yet, you know, right. y- the Yeti and Yolos and um, right. Overland X, you know, Marco, like yep. never met him in person, but we would always talk online and we had like-minded. Huge supporter and yeah. he's always been rocking oh, the Oh man, gear. he's yeah. been insane. And yeah. so for those first six years, I just sewed into community. Right. Getting to meet people, going to events, going to King of Hammers, meeting, you know, the guys at King of Hammers. It's it's relationships and credibility, right? right like right. use like people actually using it and, and then coming back and saying from their own of their own volition, this stuff's awesome. It right. works great. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked to uh, um, Justin at Factor 55 and he remembers me coming around at King of the Hammers with some T-shirts and some hats in a backpack. Like just talk <laughs> like, hey, I'm Josh. Like, this is what I'm doing. It's off the yeah. grid, you know, like check it out, you know. And that's where I met Justin and like we kicked off a friendship there. And, you yeah. know, and it's crazy because in a community like that, we don't get to see each other all the time, which is, I think that's the biggest thing that's killing me this year. And I'm sure you guys yeah. too, oh, man. It's like, like events. Yeah, yeah. all the friends, you know, that they're you've just little, made. They're just reunions, right? Every, right. every event's a reunion. Right. And so I think that's been the thing that's crushed me most. But like, that's where I'd meet these guys in person. You get to start a relationship and then you, you, you see each other on social media all the time. And so yeah. it was great, you know? And so it was building the brand. Um, creating graphics and artwork so that people could see like, look, we don't have to just make stick figure t-shirts guys. Like the, we can have a, a brand that actually supports this community mm-hmm. and, and has something to say with some good graphics, some good artwork. Right. And because I wanted to make cut and sew products, like that was the end of the day. I knew that's where I could separate myself from other companies. Cause right. there's a lot of, there's a lot of brands quote unquote out right. there that are like t-shirt companies basically. Like, right. Right. They screen print it. They have like some other companies screen print for them. They give them some graphics and they sell those and they're like a, clothing label and it's like they're basically yeah, retailers yeah, I mean, for, for a factory yeah technically you're just reselling <laughs> shirts with your graphic on right um there's websites that'll just print it off for you one at a time um but you have to take a real gamble with actually and and we talked a little bit about about this before our podcast but it was like there's been a lot of like things that have come up as a result of the decision that you've made and challenges that maybe you didn't foresee or you knew about but you were hoping like maybe it didn't happen to you <laughs> right yeah i mean when you do cut and sew and you're working with factories overseas, you have to buy a lot more units, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to take a stance on inventory and hope you sell it. And so that's where really, um, we did that Indiegogo campaign and I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I thought I was running paid ads and this and that, and really all I was doing was boosting posts. And, and so I met a, a friend of mine, Bobby, who came in and he had an ad agency and, and we had mutual friends and he was like, well, here, like, let me start running some actual ads for you. Like, let me build your ad profile out and let me actually start, you know, and I remember him saying like, Hey man, like these are doing pretty good. We're going to spend, you know, we're going to spend a hundred bucks on ads. And I remember going like, what? Like we can't spend a hundred dollars on that. Like, are you for real? Like, I don't know. You know? And he's, he was like, you know what? He was very certain of himself. And he's like, look, man, I see the data. I've done this stuff for a while and I believe in this thing. He's like, I'll, I'll pay for the ads up front. 
and and you just pay me back in the return and we'll see how this thing goes yeah and i was like oh i can handle that yeah we'll settle up at the end yeah yeah it'll, it'll so you're gonna take all the risk okay. right right deal you know and so <laughs> he did that and um they, it took off he was like dude i don't I don't know what you've been doing or I don't know what's going on, but I've never seen a return on our ad, on an ad spend like this. Like, yeah. He's like, so I, you know, he kind of got more curious and we had more conversation. He's like, I, I want in. Right. And it's like, well, shoot, what does that look like? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a, I'm way, I'm one of the creative types. Right. So it's like chief butterfly chaser, you know, I, yeah. I just want to create, I just want to yep. design business and finance are not my strong suit. Yeah. And, um, and so when I met him, I was like, Hey man, I, you know, let's partner up, let's figure this thing out. And so he did, and he was, he was thinking about it at first. And then when we, so we did the Indiegogo campaign, we put the deposit down, we've got all these pants getting made. They get delivered to port. I'm still working somewhere else and I have to leave and I go to, um, OR, uh, um, but yeah, I had to put a deposit down or I had the deposit down. I had to pay for the rest of the pants and I'm in Colorado. 70%. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I need to wire money. And so I didn't, and I, I, I borrowed the money from my mom to pay for the, that yeah. first round. She, oh, wow. she's been super supportive. And, and so I go, um, I'd got these banking details, um, from the, from the company and I go and I wire the money and I'm at OR. And so I'm doing all that, you know, and out, out to a retailer and I come home. And we're working and we're getting stuff ready. And I called the factory and was like, hey, you know, I just want to make sure everything's good. You got the money, this and that. And they're like, we never got the money. What? And I was like, what? And my, you know, my business partners are sitting right there. And they see me kind of turn white Yeah. when I said that. Yeah. And it's uh, probably I was like, a small sum. So to lose that's probably pretty scary. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, here's the banking details here. And they're like, yeah. that's not our bank. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, losing it yeah and so somebody had hacked our email thread with all the same email addresses but just added an underscore get out of here everything looked legit here's the new banking email this and that and it was totally hackers and they wow i wired money to the wrong bank and so i had to come up they wouldn't release the goods to me still so i had to come up with another oh my gosh and so my business partner was like you know what i'll do it he's like so that money got written off gone yeah written oh off my God. i mean wells so fargo it's, it's couldn't a, do it's anything it's a wire transfer yeah, wire. Yeah. it's not like it's a credit it's card they could just undo yeah it's yeah. like oh it's so gnarly. once you once you once Shit. you hit the button it's gone well on the wires we're doing now it's like i couldn't imagine one of those disappearing yeah oh, like we'd man. be we'd be in That's bad scary. shape but then it you know and and so he's like he he gave them he's like i'll put the money in i'll pay for it you know like we'll have to pay pay it back but like yeah and so he was going through a program at the time where he was talking about growing his marketing agency and this and that, and this happened. And his, his, the guy that was coaching him was like, why would you do that? <laughs> and he had to ask himself, like, I don't know. Yeah. And he's like, I guess I really believe in this thing. And yeah. it was at that point he was like, all right, I'm in, all like, in. let's do this. And so we, we came together and he started running ads and it was like, we blew through the first set of pants in six weeks, most of the sizes, and then kind of trickled it in. And then we got the next round in, same deal, right? Um, same terms, yeah. you know? And so we that's when we were doing pre-orders four months out, right? Because wow. we had to raise the money on a pre-order. And so he built the pre-order out on the site and we had to raise that money ahead of time. So we could pay for it when they finally came in. And um, so that's how we did the first two rounds. Um, and then we partnered with this company that, that helped us. And man, that, that got us into some, a whole nother round of hurdles. Right. And that's, that's at that point, I really realized business isn't about, um, what you know, or what you can do. It's like how much you can overcome. It's like tenacity. How can you you deal with things? Right. 
because you're always going to have an issue. There's always going to be something that's coming up that's looming that you have to overcome. And it's hard to like, I think that's kind of the difference I think between entrepreneurs and like employees in a sense. Right. And it is that you, you, it's really hard to inspire that level of hustle until you have skin in the game. Like when it's your money in the line, when you've put in like that much money, lost it and put it in again. Right. And you know, you're, you're starting now in the hole or behind the eight ball and you're just trying to like, it's you, this is it. This is your one shot. Right. Like <laughs> right. nothing creates motivation like uh, that. Right. right. Like that's, that is, that is a motivation that only an entrepreneur or an owner knows. Right. Oh, absolutely. And like, I'd always worked for other companies, so I yeah. was super new to this game. My Luckily, my business partner had been an entrepreneur for a while, had his own agency, and so he was able to really help me through those times of just like, yo, man, this is just kind of how this goes. Like, yeah. you know, you, you budget and you hope for the best and you try and figure stuff out, but the reality is is there always is going to be an obstacle to overcome. There's yeah, always going to yeah. be a challenge. There's always going to be a landmine somewhere out right. there. Yeah. Right. Well, you it's know. like, I mean, we always... I mean, we, I think did it more at the beginning of our podcast where we talk a lot about business or mindset. I think this is a good episode for, for just that. It's like, what was your mindset going into like, you know, putting it all on the line and really going all in on this business? Cause it sounded like your career was going pretty successfully. So right. the average person, when they think about, Oh, in my career, the way I'd want to grow is they'd want to get to senior and then director and, you know, be happy there. But for you, it was like, there was like a lot on the line in terms of like, well, I'm going to actually leave this kind of steady gig that I have and go into this crazy chaos of uh, personal entrepreneurship, you know, owning my own business and dealing with everything that comes with that. Um, how was that? Right. I mean, it was crazy. And so when my, when Bobby came on my business partner, um, he started full time in like February. Mm hmm. And so he was growing the brand. He was working full time. He was doing, I mean, we were doing shipping out of the house at that time. Um, and so he was in the weeds every single day and I still had to go to work. And then I would be working on the brand in, in all my off times. Right. And it's like when I would do shows for those last, you know, three, four years, I had to take vacation from work to go do a show. Right. And so my poor wife, like we never had vacations. It was always a show. Um, and so you're grinding, man, and you're grinding. And finally he got to a point where he's like, you got to quit. I got, we like, you, you got to quit. You got to take the leap now. This and I'm like, I'm a, you know, like you said, like I'm a senior designer at Prana. Like yeah. things were good. Solid brand. Yeah. Not going solid great kinda... Like health benefits. You yeah. know, my wife has, yeah. you know, pre-existing condition stuff. Like she's got a heart condition. And so, you know, I told him, I was like, well, like we got to be able to do this and this. And he was like, okay, I'll figure it out. And so he's like, it's time to, time to go. And I was like, all right. I mean, this is literally two, two years ago, almost to the day. Wow. Um, and I, I was like, I talked to my wife and told her, you know, we've gotten the brand this far and this is kind of it. Like I need to make this leap and either it's going to work or it's, it's, it won't. And I'll go get a job again. Yeah. Right. And that's the only way it does work. Like I've, from ever from all yep. my experience, like until you go all in, like it'll always, it may, it may kind of like grow and, but eventually it'll plateau. And you hit that point where it's like, look, you're at the point now where if you don't go all in, it's either going to gonna like wither and die or it's going to explode. But you have to like you have to let go of the safety net and you have to fly. You like, this is it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because then when you hit those challenges, right, when you hit those roadblocks, yep. if you've got a safety net, if you've got, you a, know, something a, on a the career back, that can just. Yeah. You it's just so easy right to just be like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. Like, well, that's that was fun. <laughs> right. It's that's a we're done. Yeah. But I mean, it was literally like. I go all in. Yeah. We just got the 2.0s 
in October, like a month after I went all in, we sold out in two months. We go to place our next PO and our factory's like, cool, we'll get you this stuff in nine months. Shit. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So now I have no job. We now have no inventory oh. for nine months. Wow. And I'm just like, what, if, what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. yeah. And so we had to grind it out off t-shirts and hats. And le- I mean, we had sold rigged our, our friends at rigged when they were starting up, they bought um, a, a huge portion of our, of our pants of the 2.0s to sell on their website. And just that was oh, part before, of their business model. Before Luke did his yeah, pivot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And so we hit them up and we're like, Hey man, you still have inventory of that stuff left? And they're like, yeah. And we bought it back <laughs> bought from it them back. because we're like, dude, we, we need to make some sales. Yeah, like yeah. we're hurting. Yeah. Oh, like funny. I got my car repossessed last year at one point cause we couldn't pay ourselves. Like wow. it was heavy, man. We, we were going through it. And, uh, and that's not that long ago. No. That is not that long ago to, at all. To be from there to here to like a store that you just opened, that's yeah. crazy. That was yeah. about a year ago. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we, and then the inventory comes in and we had, we had some issues with the inventory. Right. And it was just like, uh, you know, again, it's one of those hurdles. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Well, you, people can't try this on in stores, so we just have to be as transparent as possible. Um, we have to tell them what happened. We had all these pre-orders, right? So we had already shipped and... W- we didn't realize that we had all this issues and then all the pre-orders shipped and all these guys were like, yo, these are big. Yeah. And we're these like, all fit, man. Sweet. <laughs> well, send them back. And, and so we just sized everyone down and then we were just very clear on the website. Like, Hey, these, these, you know, and so I think that's the thing is, is you're always going to have a hurdle like that, Yes. but it's right. how do you respond to that? Yes. And so it was like, we had to act fast and just be like, well, super clear on the website. Here's kind of how our sizing works. Now you need to, order based on this size and like that's how we're gonna go and and that was it and so we did that and we had, i mean we bought a decent amount of inventory we I think we just added a new fit we added right. shorts right and it's like it all came in like this and i think people really underestimate how understanding people can be if you're just straight up and honest from the onset well right. that and, and also building a brand that's really based on a solid why yeah and a, and a solid like community which i think has been your saving grace because a lot of companies haven't gone through what you went through right probably wouldn't still be here. Right. A hundred percent growing at the way you are. Well, and I, again, I think that goes back to instead of just starting throwing products into people's faces, it's was spending six years in community so that people actually knew who I was, knew who we are, knew what I, my, my mission was right. When your mission is very clear and focused and you're telling people that and yeah. they buy into the mission, right? Then you can have adversity and they're going to still be on your side. Right. Cause they all want to succeed. They want to see right. you succeed. They want right. to get the gear. Like it's a win win all the way around. And they don't have anything that represents them. Right. right? So then right. suddenly now here's this right. like beacon of something that represents them. And it's like, huh? Yeah. That's, in, that's, that's mine. They're you know? invested. They right. feel like it's theirs. And like, what was your association with off road like going into it? So, I mean, I always grew up, I grew up in Escondido. Um, and so I was a desert kid. I was always in Ocotillo Wells and Glamis and we were just out just froden you know yeah. bikes quads uh trucks eventually you just grew up with it just grew up you know that whole crowd you know had a bu- couple friends that raced supercross and um just grew up loving the desert man that whole vibe of getting out there getting your toes in the i, I loved glamis like getting your toes in the sand and just going out in those big bowls just f- hauling just around all the bowls and just hanging out and you know, I, I went to the river. It was like desert in the in the winter and then river in the summer, right? Yeah, it was kind exactly. of the vibe of a lot of the people around here. And so that was how I grew up. And that's where, you know, I knew the community pretty well. Had a ton of friends and family in the community. And that's just what we did. And so, and that's 
where I realized, you know, that there is no real brand that supports these guys, right. you know, and, and is at the events and, and especially growing up um, career wise in the action sports industry and seeing how they do things. Woo. It's another level when yeah. it comes to community, when it comes to athletes, They're like when all it in. comes to, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like, they're raising money for their, their sport. They're raising money f- to help the people, the athletes that may have, you know, be injured. They, they're raising money to protect the environment yep. there. You know, one waterman's ball, these guys will raise a million dollars. Right. And, and I look at our community and our industry and it's like, we've got a long ways to go when it comes to yeah. supporting each other and, and supporting some, our community. Dude, we've got some great organizations such as yes. Corva or Tread Lightly. Speaking 100%. of Corva, like you're very invested in them too, right? Yeah. Like, so and there's Corvas not a, are good friends and yeah, there's we, not a lot of, sorry, but there's not a lot of companies that actually like everyone says like, oh, I, I pay my like whatever hundred bucks here or there right. for Corva. And what is that? That's like a, not, a penny a drop right. in the bucket. Yeah. yeah. Think about one lawsuit and yeah. what that costs to, to to protect lands that you know if all these lands go away we're gonna we're gonna go off-roading where's right. your industry yeah where your yeah. whole industry there's a lot die. of talk but not a lot of not a lot of walk right i think that people don't back up their words with actions a lot and especially with the companies right we're, I mean, we've talked about this in the past with companies not investing personally in the lands that they that they sell their products into right the mm-hmm. whole reason they're selling their products to these people and keeping these lands open and they're not personally invested in it at all right you know and yeah. so i i always try and uh for me like I try to explain it to people like this too. Like if you want to look at a great example of communities that, that fight for their community, that are raising money, that are doing it, that are pre-investing, it's the hunting, hunting and firearms, oh, yeah. right. right? They self tax themselves, yep. have lobbyists because right. Yep. There's a tax on ammo basically that goes back to conservation. There's when you go hunting and you have to get tags, that all goes back to conservation. And so, yeah, it's almost like they've unionized. Right. right to to save their their sport and and the lands they use. That's right. an interesting concept. The yeah. tax on off road goods right. and supplies. Yeah, and like you said, right, self tax. It's self imposed by mm-hmm. the community, and all that money goes into you know sustain sustaining itself. Right. I've talked about that with the mountain biking community. You know, back when I worked for some of these big brands yeah. that we had mountain biking yeah. parts too, is like if every if if you just took one percent yeah of what you spend on a bike and gave that money to conservation. Yeah, you would make a difference tomorrow. Oh yeah, like it would Absolutely. be insane. Yeah, because like, right now it all de- it all depends on the money that the companies pump into all these organizations, which they do a lot. Like right. I'll say that about the the cycling community in general. Every single brand that's out there that's in you know that's that's invested in the American market or even the North American market as a whole invests tens of thousands, if not millions, of dollars into keeping organizations and lobbies uh, going for you know, bike paths, mountain bike trails, all these different things, right? So they've done a really good job, but I agree. If you were to tax 1%, it talk about throwing gasoline on it. Like it would just completely ignite and change the game forever oh, right? in a positive way for sure. Right. I mean, at, look at a King of the Hammers where you have like 40, 50,000 people out there. Yeah. Right. Like if, if everyone, yeah. if everyone that went out there gave one to $10. Yeah. I mean that's that's insane off one event. That's their that's for, that's mostly small organizations' entire year's fund. Right, <laughs> it would right. be would be one weekend. And it's right. interesting <laughs> when like somebody like from like Dave from King and Hammers will talk about how like Orba is single handedly responsible for them keeping their land in order to continue to do their events. I mean, there's a great value there. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And so I, I think I mean, and that's part of one of the things I'm excited about for us to have this space is I want to I want to do fundraise for Corva here. I want to do an art show, right? Yeah. Like with all these amazing people we have in the community that are just hanging out, all these photographers we have, or, you know, Drew Martin and Photo Runner and all these guys that mm-hmm. take incredible 
photos or, I mean, I know there's creative types too that paint or, or create art. And, um, I've had these ideas for a while, um, but I needed a space to do it. And so part of what we're going to be doing is like, how can we do a fundraiser? How do we raise money for this and that? Um, Corva recently had a, you know, horrible, um, tragedy. The guy that was doing all their shipping, Steve, um, passed away, you know, suddenly, and it was wild wow. and, and they hit us up and they're like, Hey, you know, we knew Steve and we we got some of their items cause we are going to, um, do a photo shoot for them and, and get some new stuff for their website. And, and we, we found out, um, the guys at Corva called us up and they're like, Hey, you know, we, we really were just racking our brains trying to think of who, who could help us. And, and you guys came up and we're like, absolutely like sign us up. We're in. And so, um, within a week we got all their, their goods that they had stored up there down here and we got their website back up and running so we could start shipping for them. Um, just because again, we believe in those guys, we yeah, believe in this 100%. community and, and it's like, we, we want to be here to help. And so if we're not practicing what we preach, it's, it's, it's a bit, you know, hypocritical. And, totally. and so we were, we were happy to help those yeah. guys and we're excited, um, to see the future of how we can help grow, um, their product line and, and how we can better serve them so that we can raise more money to save public lands. I mean, everything going on with Pismo beach right now is just insane. And yeah. so we've, we've got to fight. And yeah. I, I really like the idea of the industry or sorry, the, the community taxing itself, but even the industry taxing itself. Like one thing that we do, um, cause we, you know, at Shimano, when I say we, um, we have four brands, right. And so we have a, we have an employee store, right. Where we can buy our own stuff. And one of the things that we do is, um, the employees pay in too. Like, well, there's a line for a donation on every one of our orders. Mm. And so there's a, there's a default amount, which is a, which is a low amount, right. But again, when you have thousands of people around the country that are pitching in, it's a, it's a, it's a decent number at the end of the year. Right. Right. But we can choose to bump it 2%, 3%, 10%. Right. And so the money that, that goes back into the cycling community as a result of that is significant aside from what the company is already kicking in. And so I think like as an industry, I mean, even something like that, where you know some of these companies that do have large employees, even if they have two or three, it it adds up pretty quick, right? You know, for the industry to pitch in a little more than it currently is, with little cost to them at all, right? Yeah, and it's it's going to be way bigger than it is now, exactly. Which is nothing on in, yeah. in a large part. So I mean, yeah. we always complain about things getting shut down, but then if you really think about it on the industry side, like how much we're actually like putting in to like keep these trails open. We're always expecting somebody else to kind of come in and save the day. Totally. Like, That's exactly like Corva, what it is. But Corva, the only way Corva works or Trail Lightly works is by the funding that they get in order to then go fight the good fight. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's, I think we need to think about that a little bit more. Yeah. Right. And I, I think a big part of it and not to be critical and I'm not criticizing, but you know, the off-road community has been fractured for so long. Yeah. Right. You have, you have your different genres of people like you different know, factions all right? ultra like, fours rock yeah. donkeys and overlanders are just a bunch of pretty boys with <laughs> rooftop tents and you know oh the pre-runner flat bill black right. sock crowd like screw those you know it's right we've almost pitted each other against ourselves and That's because true. of that That's right because we're not united i i think that can cause issues with you know the race guys or whatever you know it definitely um, makes it easier for groups that are looking to shut things down easier to pick you off right right absolutely when these groups are separated and there's a lot of infighting it makes it a lot easier for someone like sierra club to come in and say we don't want any traffic of any sort to happen in <laughs> right. these if it's not on foot we don't want to see it in in our wilderness yeah. right and so when and that's something the same thing in the in the cycling community like i keep going back to that cause that's what i know as far as land conservation and 
you know, we're, we're experiencing it right now where you're, they're fighting e-bikes or fighting with mountain bikers. Right. Right. And they're using the same lands. And what they're not realizing is, is that, you know, these other organizations that all they want to do is close these lands. They're loving it. Oh, absolutely. right. Because they're just seeing that there's, there's a big distraction going on over here and these guys are still hard at work finding ways to close it down. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, yeah. And so again, that, that, that was one of the things I loved about the, why I wanted to position the brand the way I, I did and why I wanted to call it off the grid, right? I, I wanted something to be a little bit more ambiguous so it could encompass, you know, a wide variety of things. And we've never gotten into, I mean, it's crazy the amount of infighting and just, yeah. you know, even between like different Jeep builders or different right. off-road teams right. or different, you know, it's like Toyota versus Jeep. Again, totally. like, even within the subgenre, there's, there's loyalty, there's, there's right. like, you name it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's even like, you know, Southwest versus Northwest versus right. like, I mean, you could, you could subdivide this into a thousand pieces, right? right. Like, which is, which is kind of scary. It's interesting because everyone has the love for getting out there. Exactly. Getting, the day. getting on four wheels or three wheels or two wheels or whatever and having a good time. But everyone thinks that the way that they have the good time is the right way of having it <laughs> right. versus the other guy. Well, and the ultimate irony, right, is that at the end of the day, when you get all these people around a campfire, no one gives a shit. Right. hundred percent. Everyone, right. fun and everyone you drinks get a the beer, same beer. A for the cigar most or, exactly. you know, you a LaCroix or, you know, and it's just being under no the stars. Cares. Like you've got the, you're under the stars, you're in the woods, you're in the desert. doesn't matter, but yeah. you're in this beautiful scenery. The sunsets are always amazing. You're always up by sunrise because you're sleeping in a tent or exactly. you know, maybe you're in a sweet trailer or fifth wheel, whatever. But, <laughs> you know, um, there's something about your body um, when it's out in nature like that when you don't have a bunch of synthetic light, when you don't have, you know, and your, your body knows to wake up because the sun's coming up. You, yep. You yeah. start to get tired because the sun goes dude, down. I wake up like, like 5 30 so right. every morning. And this dude is not a morning person. At like all. straight up. Dude, I'll wake up at like eight, <laughs> nine o'clock, like on a regular day. Like if you let me 10 sometimes, Yeah. every fucking time when I go camping <laughs> without fail, as tired as dude, I'll stay up until like three, 4 AM drinking. <laughs> Right. I'll wake up at 530. Yeah. In the right. Like ready to go. I'm like, right. what the fuck? <laughs> well, and cause you're like, you're, yeah. you're, you're in your natural environment. Yeah. yeah like it's like, thing. it's like, uh, I think your instincts kick in too, where it's yeah. like the predators are coming out. Like you need to be like ready. Like it's time to get on with your day hunt, hunt and gather. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, and I, I think that's what every single group, part of what they go out there for is, is the freedom. Like yeah. the reason why these guys started exploring the desert, started doing trails and it's the freedom. Mm-hmm. Like when you're locked in all week, you know, grinding it out and you want to go somewhere and be free. And that was what the desert, that. that's what the yeah. desert always offered, right? Yeah. Like glamorous, man. You just yeah. get out there, you unload and you're just gone. Like, it's like, that's really where we kind of feel kind of human and you find your humanity, right? You feel like, like you're not um, you know, chained to a desk or whatever your nine to five is, whether it's, you know, you're working in a machine shop or you're chained to a desk or whatever it might be. Like when you're out there, a, we tend to all be equal, right? Like it doesn't matter what you do, how rich you are, how poor you are, what you're driving. It doesn't really matter. It matters online. It matters when you get home. But when you're out (laughs) there around a campfire, no one gives a shit, right? right? Everyone's stoked that you're there. Everyone's having a good time and a good conversation. And like, we feel, I think at our core, like our true selves, Right. I think in that moment. And I think that's what's like, that's the appeal. And that's what one of the reasons I think you fall in love with it. That's what's been making this whole COVID thing so crappy. Oh, too. Right. Exactly. Like not being able to go out and do that. You and get distanced more and more from like your humanity almost. Well, right? it's like, put us all in our own little echo chambers, yeah. right? Like it's, it's separated us 100%. in a way that I don't think a lot of us have ever seen before in our lives. And yeah. 
it's like, like we said, like, man, I want to be at a show. I want to be in community. I, wanna, mm. I miss seeing, you know, these friends of ours. I miss going here or there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, as a species, we're, we're communal, right? I mean, right. we, we tribal, we, we're tribal. And I mean, even talk about even at our, at, at birth, right. How important that first imprint of a child is right. right. Of, of, of human contact. Like that's who we are as a species. Absolutely. Right. And so I think this whole COVID thing and it's really put us in a really unnatural state. Yeah, and now right. these goddamn fires. So, like, right when we're getting a leg up, right totally. when we're like, hey, you know what? We can go out to, like, the Mojave right. Desert or we right. can go. Maybe we can't Anza. go to a parking lot, but we yeah. can go out to the desert. Nope. Right. Nope. nope. We're nope. going to nope. gas you out. We're <laughs> yeah. going to smoke you out. We're going to stay home and keep your air conditioning on and not want to go gonna, outside. We're going to close that, too. <laughs> yes. Dude, just going to the pool in our backyard, we're, like, coughing. and Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, yeah, my throat's been sore for days now. Right, it's it's like rough. non-COVID, like has well, nothing yeah. to do with COVID. Yeah, now everyone's congested and everyone's like looking at you sideways. Yeah. Like, wait right. a minute, is that COVID? No, it's is like that allergies? smoke. Freaking dense cloud of smoke outside <laughs> of all places. Right. So yeah, man, it just I don't know. I'm looking. I'm I'm heading out next week, so that'll be fun. We got some new new flannels and uh, a new color in our denim. We got some new fits, so photo we're gonna time. do some photo shoots and. Uh, I'm going out to Utah, which nice. would be amazing. I've yeah. never explored out there very much. Same here. So. I really want to get out yeah. there and kind of explore some, some, uh, I, we have some people that are fans of the podcast that always reach out and they're like, when you're ever in Utah, then there's some great areas you should check out. And I, would, right. I just have a list going on my, my notes, like Absolutely. hit all these spots and someday, <laughs> someday. Yeah. I mean, Utah, that one time that we went was such a blast. Oh, totally. We only like scratched, we like barely scratched. The it was, a, it was a, it was a very high level sampler platter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we'd even hit some of the iconic exactly. you know, trails, Hell's Revenge and all that. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I'm going to be, that'll be, I'll be out at Moab um, this weekend. Nice. Uh, there's an Ultra 4 race. Oh, um, cool. So, that'll be awesome. Uh, we're one of the sponsors for Ultra 4 and King of the Hammers and all that. So, oh, wow. Um, we've been you. working. Look yeah. at you. You come a long oh, way. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember. So, one of the guys I originally went, the first time I ever went to King of the Hammers, um, Bill from uh, JK Forum. Um, I went and camped with him because one of my buddies and him were good friends, and we camped with Rebel Offroad. Okay. Um, first time. time ever at Hammers. Um, first time getting to meet those guys. You know, yeah. again, slanging T-shirts out of my backpack. And, uh, yeah, I remember, you know, two years ago was the first year we were the sponsor for King of the Hammers, and my buddy Bill is watching it online and sees our logo pops up and, and takes a photo, and he's like, this guy, like – he, he got like almost choked up because he was just like, I remember going to King of Hammers yeah. with this kid. Like, and it, you know, the, the brand was kind of just a, in its early stages, yeah. it was just like a small thing. Yeah. And now they're sponsoring, you know, building this event. something out of nothing. Oh, the largest events. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and just that first year, even of, of having a booth there and, and getting to meet the, the guys there, it's like family. And yeah. um, that event is like none other. Um, I mean, you want to talk about the community. You want to talk about, you know, the access you have to these, you know, half a million dollar race cars totally. that are lined up in Hammertown, you know, you know, power hour, like throughout the week, the event, the the spectacle that Dave Cole has made that thing with two helicopters chasing the yeah. race the entire time, yeah. showing it live on a giant screen in the middle of Hammertown in the middle of a lake bed in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. A lot of middles there. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> It, but it, it really is. It's it just really insane. Is, yeah. It's a, it's the, the most insane thing. But you nailed it. Like the level of access for the common man, right. the average person, is not something that you would get anywhere else. Like you can be on course somewhere out, you know, in the middle of right. the desert and watch, you know, a million dollar trophy truck scream by you at right. 115 miles an hour. 
you know, and then a helicopter, you know, only maybe only 80 feet up at best, right. just going sideways along the queen. You know? right. <laughs> like it just, it's such and a rad sight. 12 o'clock at night, you take your oh, shit dude. box out, right. Cherokee, and you go run it up Chocolate Thunder and jam the trail up and, and hope to roll God. it over. Dude, hope to God that nobody like sideswipes you, blindsides you, like crawls over the top of you. Right. It's, and it's just chaos. It's, it's so Mad Max. At the same time, everyone's hooting and hollering, supporting right. you, and loving every minute of it. Right? right? Like, yeah, absolutely. You're and like so. ducking dildos, like flying <laughs> right. through the air, yeah, it's, it's, dude. Hoping you're not stepping into a fire that's just randomly right. like all just, over the place. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the most insane and amazing thing you've ever been a part of. And it's so the closest it's, thing to Thunderdome we have. Yeah. Oh. Dude, chocolate <laughs> right. thunder at twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning oh, is man. something special. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And that's where it's been a blast. You know, we've made such huge relationships. The guys at Tribe 16 who Matt, you know, raced the 4500 class and let me run in his car for qualifying the last two years. Right. It was the most insane thing. Such a blast. And and then Lance, one of the guys that works for them, too, you know, threw me in his buggy and we went up Chocolate Thunder and just like he just walks up that thing, just cruises. And I was like, this is a blast, you know, and just being out there, got to go pre-running last year, um, which was so fun to so cool. just see the amount of, of stuff that happens in the event. And then, you know, that connected us to Bailey Campbell and Brian Crofts, who now we're doing a, an exclusive apparel line for Bailey Campbell with off the grid. And like, That's we've cool. been fitting that stuff on her and, and getting the pants dialed in. I was just out there a couple of weeks ago. Um, we did a photo shoot with the pants, um, that the new samples we got in and, just getting her feedback and that's been a blast and now we've got the flannels that we're doing with her that's right and we're heading out you know next week to go do some more shoots and 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 get some more feedback and talk through some stuff and that's just been i mean the amount of stuff that has just come from this is just insane like it's it's a dream come true you know honestly and you know some days it's hard and and it you have to remind yourself like this is what you know this place like when like i got emotional when when i was just talking to our you know our, our team and and just like this has been a dream of mine, you know, since I started working in the action yeah. sports industry to, you know, to have a brand that, that tells a story that I want to tell and to be, and then be able to have a shop like this, that we can showcase the brand, how it should be showcased, right? Yeah. How I feel, um, it should look like how the vibe should be. And, and it, it's just crazy, you know, to see it. And it's, it's crazy to sit in here and, and just be like, man, we're, we're here. And, and you know, we it's just yours. did it. We, yeah. This is ours. Like, yeah. This yeah, is our awesome. space. Like, yeah. That's always a good feeling to like look at something and just kind of stand back. And I hope that you do this and stand back and appreciate like it's always good. People always say, you know, they don't like looking back and they want to look forward. But sometimes you do got to look back and see like the trail that you've that you've accomplished. Right. Like where you've come, where you've come from, where you are and appreciate it. Right. The gratefulness is is huge. Like 100 percent. You know, even just taking the time to write down the things you're grateful for. I mean, it, it changes your mindset. Um, because yeah, if you're only focused on like, there's so many things I could be focused on that could, you know, make me want to melt into the floor right now, you know, of just, you know, business stuff Mm -hmm. and financial stuff. Right. It's just like that, that stuff is always there. And the biggest difference is, is knowing that stuff is there, but also looking at the things you're grateful for and knowing where you're going. Right. Right. And having that direction and focus and vision and, and not letting the other things weigh you down because at the end of the day, you're, you'll figure it out. Would you, would you also say like faith plays a role in huge? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean that played a role in me making the decision to do this. And, um, it's always been something that's a part of me and it's something that I live my life by. And, you know, without it, I think a lot of things would, I wouldn't have done yeah. a lot of the things, you know, that I do. And, and so it's, it's huge for me I mean, and, I and think, my family. I think for those of us who do have like a faith found a foundation based in faith, it's like, we don't always credit it or we don't always speak to it as strongly as maybe we could, but 
even in my own life, I look back and all the worst times of my life, I've always felt myself like praying or right. found myself like reaching out to like a higher power. Right. And I've never been disappointed. Now, you know, a more cynical person could say, well, you were just going to figure it out anyways. Right. But it's like, I like to think like, for instance, I lost my dog a few weeks back, you know, happy, mm. our new boxer girl. And, you know, happy took off from Starbucks and just fucking bolted down the street like like a bat out of hell. Like she knocked over the table, pulled out of her leash and like collar and just fucking booked it. And um, I was in, I just I literally walked inside to grab the drinks I'd already ordered to walk back out. And she is already like half a mile down the street. And so I took off running and, you know, we didn't find her for three hours and eventually got to the point where there's this massive shopping center and I parked my car. And I think I talked about this, but like I, I go walking around the center and me and my wife had been at it for like hours, hours, just driving up and down. I even went up and down the freeway. There was a freeway nearby, like just at, at, just at a loss for what to do. And I find myself walking and I just start thinking, I'm like, I haven't prayed in a while. Like mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't really thought about anything. And I started like, you know, in my head, just kind of like, you know what? I'm sorry that I always just like reach out whenever shit's bad or whatever. Um, I'm reaching out right now. I could, I could use a solid, you know, and, and I know it's insignificant. It's pathetic. And there's children starving or people dying, but I need my dog. I need my dog before my kid gets back home because he was like (laughs) at a friend's house. I'm like, I need my dog back. And, uh, the family's going to be ruined if I don't get this dog back. And I shit you not five minutes later, I see a little head poke out from between a dumpster and a, and a mattress and a bush. Right. And it's little brown dot. And I get close and I realize it's fucking happy. And I'm like, Thanks. You know, and and so, I mean, I know you tend to be a person of faith, too. And it's like a lot of that had to play into like so many pieces Uh, of what you do. Yeah. And I mean, and that was kind of from the beginning. God had given me a vision of this brand and and what it was supposed to be. And he's even shown me kind of further down the road with it. And that's something that keeps me going, to be honest. You know, when times get tough and when things get hard, I still have that thing locked in my brain. That's like, no, he's promised these things for me and for my family. You and just got to put in the work. It's just putting in the work right. every day. And it's, and it's knowing like, like you, you, you could have two mindsets, right? Like, Oh, he promised me this thing. So I'm just going to sit on my couch and wait for it no, to come. But that that's not how it works. Yeah. Right? No. It's, one of the things that for sure stuck with me, like, cause I went through Catholic school growing up and catechism sure. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. My parents put me through all that stuff well into my early teens. And so, but one of the things that always stood out with me and I, in, I think kind of resonates even to this day is that, um, you know, God helps those who help themselves. Yep. Right. Like that's always above and beyond, no matter how faith based you are, whether you are or you are not at all. Um, at the end of the day, the effort and the mindset is the same, right? right. No one's going to give it to you. Not even God. Right. Right. But, but they will point you in the right direction and whether it's faith in God or Buddha, whoever it is, the whatever universe, faith yeah. is, yeah, the universe, um, all they're doing is pointing you in the right direction and, and making sure that you can see those doors. Right. Right. At the end of the day, it's up to you to walk through them. It's up to you to get to them and you have to want it. Right. Oh, and I think absolutely. that's, that's one of the things that I think separates, you know, the, the, where you see your luck or where totally. you see the, the positivity. <laughs> right. Luck. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, it's really a matter of whether or not you chose to take the action and, and help fight for yourself. Dude, right. Absolutely. Those are, those are people I just don't get along with. The ones who feel entitled <laughs> right. for whatever reason right. they feel entitled, like, they deserve something more than anyone else. Yeah. And it's like, on one hand, like the guy who worked his ass off, I can understand them feeling like I've busted I my need ass. a break. Right? Yeah, like, I busted I, my I ass. Need, I deserve to something get something. Something has to work for me right now. But <laughs> for the most part, like, especially like these days when you see, like even looking out onto the street and seeing, you know, certain people 
that, you know, you're like, that guy expects that everything should just be given to them. Or like, yeah. you know, um, that, that kid thinks, you know, he's entitled, he went to school, he's entitled to like that immediate salary of like a director level. A six figure first, career because you know, he like, went to a good school. There's, right? the, there's yeah. these sense, there's this feeling of entitlement in society, whether it's like people not needing to listen to authority or, or, you know, they just deserve to get things handed to them. It's just, right. it drives me nuts. Well, and that was one of, you know, I watched um, The Last Dance with my son and I told him, I said, here's one thing that will get you further than, than anything you could ever imagine. And it's being willing to put in the work more than anyone else. Yep. And that's what you saw in that documentary, right? Is, and it's even more prevalent today, I think, with young people. If you can just instill in your kid, like if you just do the work, you're 100%. already on third base where everyone else is right. still at bat. And we've and, talked about this too, yeah. right? Right. We've had these conversations when Aldi and I specifically have had these conversations too, where it's like, look, you can have the knowledge on how to be successful. And let's say that we give that knowledge to a hundred people. Right. And yeah, all of you technically know what the, right. what the recipe for success There's is. There's a secret yeah. sauce. Right. Exactly. Now out of those hundred, maybe 70 will actually try it. Right. Right. And out of those 70, maybe 50 will stick with it. And then after those, to get to the point where you're past the three-year mark of a successful business, right? Yeah. Maybe 30 will be at the end. Right. And the maybe. number just keeps shrinking and shrinking right. and shrinking. And it just depends on we how much We literally work. had this conversation. Yeah. Right. It just, yeah. It just keeps shrinking on yeah. how much tenacity you have to drill to the end and put in the work tenacity, to be, bro. To the, be the last 10 or right. the last one. Well, I, I think that's the disservice a lot of these kids do um, to each other these days is they put like you go on social media and you're seeing everyone's highlight reels and they just assume that that's life. You just and landed there daily. And right. it's like <laughs> the greatest thing about technology is it's given you the ability. I know for us, right, to speak directly to a consumer. Like if we tried to do this brand 15 years ago, like if I looked at the way traditionally you would build a brand, right? right. You create a brand, you create a line, you start generating, you right? You have a niche, and all this then you yeah. build a ton of samples, you put a sales team in order, you go right. to shows and you start selling stuff to, to retailers, right? right? Which then now you're beholden to the retailers to build your brand. Yep. And we live in a day and age where I can create a brand, I can go on social media and I could build this brand through social media, right. through community and then create products and be able to directly market straight to my consumer and ship it right to them. Yeah. It's insane. And you can say like, Oh, well then, you know, now it's easy for you. Right yeah. now things are easy. Like if you look from the outside, right, it's one of my favorite quotes is it takes about eight years to be an overnight success. Yep. Yeah. And the truth is, is that's, it's, it's true, right? Yeah. Like you have to do the work for this long to then once you get the exposure where everyone sees you and they think you're an overnight success because they've never, they, they didn't they see weren't any of the, the behind the yeah, scenes. They weren't there the past seven years. Right. And right? don't forget, just scrolling down your feed, you see like six of almost the same exact company right. back to back on ads. You're like, holy shit, is that the same? No, it's not the same company. What the fuck? And you're yeah. like, it's everyone's starting to look. A lot of guys are starting to look alike. A lot of guys are just, they have the easy access to like get something out there. And right. A lot of them don't even make it. They just make a render right. and then hope that people want to buy it and then they make it. You know, right. it's, like, well, it's crazy. That was one of the things we were talking to the guys from uh, um, Overland Journal, right? And uh, I remember him, he was like, yeah, you know, we saw your brand. We kind of seen you guys around. And he's like, I just assumed that you were buying blanks overseas and just putting your labels on them. And I was like, oh, I, 
you know, I didn't think of that, but I mean, that's true. Like you could, you could have, yeah. I mean, you could see these people yeah. like do this stuff all the time. And that was something, that's something I tell my business partners. That's something I tell the people we deal with is like, I'm not here just to make another pair of chino pants yeah. or another pair of denim. I'm not here to make another woven shirt. I'm not here to make another pair of, you know, basic shorts. Like I've worked for brands where it's, they, sh- everyone has the same stuff. Right. You go to Macy's or you go to PacSun or Zoomies or Tilly's or whatever. Yep. And every single brand yeah. has all the same items, right? It's they got a chino short, they maybe got some denim, they got a couple woven shirts, you got some board shorts, you got your hybrid, you know. Done. It's yeah. like the classic mix, yeah. And the only thing that's different is the labeling, and that's it what we call people decorators. It reminds me of that meme of how to how to how to be an overlander or how to be a camper. It's like how to be a, how to be a clothing retailer. <laughs> it's <Right>. like, <laughs> and so that was the thing that I've always said is. And we've had to tell our factory this too, because they, they'll tell us like, oh, well, why don't we just take this off or do this? Or I don't, do you really need fabric that's like that? And for me, I'm like, yes, yeah. everything we do has to tell a story. It's like a purpose-driven story. Everything we do yeah. has to There's tell a, a story. a reason for it all. Because we're having to then go online and tell the story to the people. And if all we do is like, hey, here's a flannel, it's cool. And that's the one thing I think that's changed too with being connected directly to your consumer is that your feedback loop and your accountability has increased exponentially, <laughs> right? Because at first, you know, back in the day, 10 years ago, the retailer was dealing with all that and right. they're probably just going to say, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, here's your money back. Right. Right. And so now you've got like a, a direct feedback loop to the consumer and you're also getting a lot more accountability, right? right. Hey, this is why I got it. This is what you said it would do and so on. Right. So oh, that's, man. And so we have an app, um, well, we have like an aggregate basically, um, that we use that aggregates all our, our email to our customer service email, to our Facebook messenger, to a lot of these things. And it aggregates it into one area for our customer service. And so we have a girl that helps us kind of organize that. And she answers a lot of the basic questions, but the reality is at the end of the day, like Bobby and I, the two owners found, you know, the founder of the company, we look at all those issues. And, yeah. and so it's funny cause we talked to our factory the other day and and they were like, we don't have any, we don't have all these issues that, that we have with all, all the other brands that we do. I mean, they do stuff for big, huge yeah. brands that you would yeah. know the names of. And so they're like, we don't have these same issues that you guys do. And I was like, here's the difference. I was yeah. like, we have direct communication with the end user on a daily basis. Whereas you're creating products or your brands are creating products getting it in, selling it to a retailer who then that retailer is selling it to a consumer who gets to try it on at the store. Right. And then how many times have you given feedback, right? You go to a Macy's, you buy a pair of pants, <laughs> maybe it didn't work out. How, how often do you go back there and say, hey, this pants this didn't why. work out from this brand, <laughs> yeah. which maybe the retailer gets that, that feedback. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It goes nowhere. Yeah. Whereas our end user gets our product, wears it. I mean, we've had guys that wear our stuff for over a year and be like, hey, this happened. And we're like, cool, we'll take care of you. Because for us, at the end of the day, we're not just about selling one pair of pants. We're about creating a long-term consumer that loves the brand and, and it's it works, like it's functional wear. for them, and it's their lifestyle. I see yeah. it as I see it as almost like a uniform you're creating for this particular group of people, where it's like it's almost like the same way a, um, a, a uniform company for a, the police department would work, where it's like feedback, constant feedback of like, what do you guys need? How can you do your job better? Like, how can we make this better? It's like you're doing the same thing with the off-roaders. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, like, it's a similar oh, kind of R and D two way conversation. Like, a it's a it's a relationship. Yeah, it's like you're driving for six hours. Okay, yeah. well, I'm gonna put this pocket on your thigh so you could reach in there and grab stuff that you normally need to access quickly. Right. You not, know that that, you, that so you can so you can not put it in your back pocket. Yeah, right? so you don't so you put it in your back pocket it. or yeah. even your your upper pocket, which is a lot harder to get totally. to when you're sitting upright. Right. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even guys like we had Wes in here last week from Two Frogs Racing, right? And like he just did 
the BDR trail and is side by side, you know, overland for over 600 something miles. Wow. And he needed gear that he could use. These guys are in five point harnesses. Yep. They've got helmets on. And he's like, this worked out perfect. One, the pants, like I went through a water crossing and got soaked. Pants were dry in less than an hour. Wow. Like just hitting the trail because, you know, the nylon, that's why we built them, right? Yeah. Working yeah. with search and rescue guys are like cotton kills. You need nylon that's going to dry fast and yep. while you're in a survival situation. And, but it also works out for guys like Wes, you know, who are out doing this stuff. And we got feedback from a guy that's like, man, I need pockets on the top of my pants, right? Mm -hmm. Because when I'm sitting down, I can't access my back pockets. So yeah. that's important. It's like, okay. And and so we, we take feed. That's why we're on 5.0s of our original pant. We're on f version 5. Yeah. Because every single round, whether it's the fabric, whether it's the fit, whether it's, you know, we had rivets on the back pocket, which we got feedback that, hey, this is pulling on my leather seats. And we're like, cool, they're gone. Yep. You know, and I added um, bar tacks instead of rivets. And then it was you know, Hey, this pocket needs to be bigger or, you know, we take all that feedback and we put it into the next version, Yep. you know? Yeah. And, and, and it shows that, yeah. Cause I mean, um, I, myself coming from a company like that I came from, it's like, they had a lot of purpose built like product. Uh, but the one thing that stood out with yours is like, shit, it's everything. Plus it's all about my industry as well that I'm passionate about. So it covers all bases, you know? So I'm like, why would I want to just stick with one thing where it, at the end of the day, I'm not technically part of that community. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, a competitive shooter or, you know, a prepper per se. I tend to just be just more off road than anything and happen to be prepared through that lifestyle. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just identified with it and it's good gear and it works and it's like, you want to get behind something like that. Sure. Yeah. And I appreciate it. You know, it's like, I think it was funny when I originally heard about you and like, we had some consistent influencers and I was like, who is this guy? And like, what are these guys doing? And, and I had this chip on my shoulder originally. And, uh, and then I got to meet you and we went, we we're in the woods, yeah. right? We were hanging out and we sit down and talk and it's like, this guy's super rad. Like, and I, I'm stoked to meet him and, and I'm glad we could work together and figure stuff out. And so it was, it was hilarious how we originally met and interacted. Yeah. And then now it's just like, you know, we're, we're good friends and, and that's what this community is all about. And that's, you know, again, part of having the brand is, is doing stuff like this. Yeah. Like I, I created this brand because this is what I love and this is what I want to do. And this is the time that I want to spend is, is in environments like this with people like you guys, right? Yeah. Like being off road, being outdoors and just enjoying that time. And, and so it's funny, um, as you, you meet people and you collaborate and, and you really get to see, again, you have these preconceived notions sometimes, but when you really sit at a campfire with somebody and you get to yeah. know them and talk to them, I think it changes things. Well, and it's like a lot of the, um, a lot of the walls we put up and a lot of the, uh, bullshit that some people try to throw out there doesn't quite make it through those one to two day trips. Like the truth comes out, you know? And, uh, and I like, I like what you said about like, you know, I had a preconceived notion and then once I was able to hang out and actually spend time, I had a different, that's, that's like life, you know, it's like, right. So many times we think we, we think of somebody a certain way because we either heard it from someone else and it's not until we actually have that direct connection where it's like we can create our own biases or, or likes or dislikes. Um, and I think these days we're not giving each other enough of that opportunity um, to prove to one another, like we are all on the same page or we're not like, you know, I think some people like people just because of, you know, what they see on social, but that guy could be a total asshole, you know, like right. it works both ways, you know? Right. 
that's the they're again their highlight reel they're putting out there and like you have no idea how they actually are in person yeah. until you get to sit down with them and, and know them and yeah i think that's the funny thing about the difference between social media and the reality of actually spending time yeah. with somebody we've talked about that too yeah yeah like absolutely people, people form this kind of almost like they put you on a pedestal sometimes and it's mm. like a i don't belong on it b it's like you don't even know who i am like yeah, I mean, um, you're, no, you're right, 100%. Even if even if they don't put you on a pedestal, they still, there's an assumption that they know you. Yeah. And, yeah. and I made the assumption, right. and, and we're all guilty of it, right? Like, I see people, personalities on Instagram, and I assume that I know what kind of person they are, right, right based on what they're putting out there. But the reality is you don't. You, all you know is what you're seeing on Instagram, and like you said, the highlight reels, Josh, like, you don't you don't know you know, their, their values, you know, the, how they make decisions, their, their morals. You don't know any of that stuff, right? right. Like you said, he could be a total asshole and you'll, you'll, you don't know that. And I've had those experiences a couple of times now <laughs> where it's like, I actually thought somebody was like really cool. Right. And then I actually got to hang out with them. I'm like, dude, you're such a dumbass, like <laughs> POS, like, right. like, oh my God, you're the guy that I thought was cool. Like shit. Well, and I, I think that's, the, I mean, we've had even conversations too of like, maybe, you know, because both of us come from these professional backgrounds working for these huge companies yeah. and we built our website, we kind of crafted our social media around a certain way that I think people think we're a lot larger than we are sure. and yeah. it's bit us in the ass a couple of times because we literally have to tell people like who is super frustrated who are like it took you two days to respond back to my email you know <laughs> we're not Amazon thing. Damn it. and I'm like we literally tell them hey you know what and and now we're a four person company but yeah. before it was like look we're a two person company that we do this I mean we were doing this out of my house up until recently <laughs> and yeah you know we we have families and and we try and get stuff going as quickly as we can. We try to respond back to everyone yeah. in a timely manner, but the reality is, is we're a two person company. We have a three PL logistics company that ships for us. And so there's logistical things that happen there that we have to track down. And, and so it takes some time. And, and, but I think people have always assumed we're a lot bigger than we yeah. are company wise. I mean, even some of the requests we get for certain marketing things. And it's just like, Oh man, you have no idea you, that our marketing yeah. budget is like. <laughs> no, it's just you know what for a company like you, we'll, like that. we'll charge you ten thousand dollars for the sponsorship level. You're like, right. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I, I even like, get that uh, at KC sometimes too. It's like we're, yeah, we'll we'll just make it X amount. It's like, bro, like we're a profitable lighting company in the middle of COVID and we haven't laid anyone off. That's a win by itself. <laughs> like, right. You got to chill out on the right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. No. Absolutely. We'll I mean, talk in 2021. It's definitely a compliment that people think you're, you I mean, you're punching sure. above your weight class, <laughs> sure. right? You're definitely coming in strong. I mean, that that's, I always think that's fantastic, but yeah, I think there's definitely um, some confusion of the reality yeah. versus the perception. Right. You know, and I mean, even with us, I mean, we're a large company and you know people come Shouldn't to our me. yeah people come to our building and they expect to see an army like of right. like hundreds of people there's 40 people on our floor at any right. given time and that's the entire north american team right right, right there right like then they just come in they go this is this is it is everybody <laughs> and they go yeah yep. i mean you know we run a little lean but we you know we all work hard yeah and we do it you know and that's i think people think there's like these massive armies dude do you know what the one one of the few companies that actually like looks like the way you think they would there's a few of them but like one locally is like oakley like oh, yeah. at its hey, especially at its, its heyday, at its yeah. heyday, yeah. Like that looks what you think it would be. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you even, go to the compound, yeah. even walking into the compound, yeah. right? Like, oh, you go shit. in there and you're like, they have a cathedral. To, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. You walk right. in and, and then you walk in and there's a whole floor of designers and the whole floor of marketers and you're like, yep, yep this is yeah, this is what I expect. They've got private <laughs> bars in there. Right. They've got their own pro shot. It's like, oh shit. Well, I think yeah. the funny thing about that is working in the industry, we would always say like when you go to build a campus, you, when these guys go and build these huge campuses oh, totally. and stuff like that, you're like, you're like clocks ticking clocks on, ticking. on 
because now you got to pay for all that. Totally. Like, and you even look, REI is selling their new campus they just built. Oh, They're really? not even going to move into it. Yeah. Um, because of the distance thing and no and shit because of COVID. they just built a brand new campus that they were campus that they were supposed to move in in July and they're just yeah. like nope damn and that was always a, a kind of a comical thing within the industry of like when people would build a new camp I remember when I was at Quicksilver and like we were crushing it like they yeah. were doing I think over a billion a year and um, we had brought on this other brand and we were going to build this massive campus and we had architects come in and they had like a chairlift going through the campus <laughs> wow. and a Kelly yeah. Slater, like standing surf or like wave pool and right. a people, driving range people mover. <laughs> because we had a golf, we had golf companies as part of the, you know, and they had this huge, crazy campus thing. And I was just like, this future utopia. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. Like, what are we, are you guys really going to build this? And how much is that going to like, and, and again, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's funny. Like it all goes back to, what are you invested in? Like, yeah. and, and what, what is your focus and what's your, is it, are your, is it people? Is it a campus? And like, I mean, I think there are brands where they do have to, I mean, I think you did have to make a statement back then, like in Oakley, right? Like when you have sales reps come in or you're bringing a buyer in from somewhere, like you had to make a very clear statement. Mm -hmm. And I think nowadays you have the ability to make those statements in such a, one, a more financial, financially yeah. reasonable way, but also in a, in a much more clear brand way um, throughout, right? Like through social media, through your website, through all these things. And so it's really cool to see um, if you put in the work, like just how far you can go. Yeah. Just, yeah, I think just you nailed it. In genuine ways. Yeah. Right. right. I think you nailed it though, but because back then that's how it used to be. Like that's <laughs> right. The times have changed, right? And when, and when before, before Oakley got bought out, um, that was kind of, you know, that's how you said we've arrived, right? right. You built your campus. You, you, right. did, you didn't have to go into a generic office building, right? Right. You went into a building you designed, you developed, and that was how you planted your flag. You and made said, a statement. Yep. We've arrived. Right. We are, we are a global brand that is, you yeah. know, a top tier player. Right. Right. And so, and, yeah. it, and it was owned by a dude who yeah. started it. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Before they got bought out, like that was, he could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Right. Well, Heck a lot, yeah. A lot and of these companies, like, that brand had personality had for days. Tank yeah. out yeah. front. Yeah. Like, dude, it was a yeah. rad. I mean, dude, the secret bar for the, like the designers had their own secret bar. There's a torpedo bar. in the, in the right. center. Dude, <laughs> we had a bunch of people come over to 511 from Oakley and they would just talk about like the craziness. Oh yeah. Like they'd be carting kegs through like the aisles of yeah. the oh, cubicles. Like, dude, that was all the stories are real. Like Halloween parties, like, kegs upon kegs upon All kegs stories are real. crazy which costumes is funny because every time you hear those stories that's when the company was doing really well and right for whatever reason they get away from it and right then, and then it just kind of falls apart or goes away right yeah it's like, you figure it's you figure that the excess is what did them in but really the the, the culture and the, the culture is what succeeded they go right. hand in hand and then as soon as the culture like yeah. gets to this crazy point right there's like one like then the hr gets involved and once <laughs> hr is involved then yes. it kind of starts to just reminds me of the office level like, off. It's like, like HR is the death of everything. <laughs> well, I, I mean, good and bad, right? you yeah. grow so wide, right? And you're bringing all these people in. And so yeah. it's, it's, I mean, we even have this conversation, right? As we're still trying to grow is how do, when we bring people in, how do we present to them the brand and the secret sauce and like make sure we have a brand filter that right. when we hire people, like, are you a fit? Like mm -hmm. culturally, like, are you going to be a fit job wise? And then, how do we make sure we set you up for success when you do come in and that you understand the brand and you understand what we're trying to do. You right. understand our secret sauce. We're all kind of pulling in the same direction that right. way, right? Yeah. Dude, because we one, have to make sure when we grow like that, that we have that in place. Yeah. Totally. One, one bad seed can kill the entire culture oh. of a company. Yeah. Oh, especially at a top level, you know, and that's where I've seen so many times in action sports, these guys would bring in 
uh, consultants or they would hire people that were from outside the industry. Yep. The Bobs. And it's like, the bobs, the the bobs bobs these guys are going to help yeah. us get to the next level and help us go public and, and do all. And it's, they come in and you're like, these guys are, are goons. Like they're, they're just number crunchers. They don't get it. Yeah. They don't care. And they, they don't care about the culture. Nope. They look at the culture and they go, you guys are just a bunch, you know, they have this mindset when yeah. you tell somebody, Hey, you're coming in because I want you to, to make change. I want yeah. you to transition. To them, That's, culture is a liability. Right. Like they don't, yeah. they don't see it as an asset. Yeah. And they coming yeah. in with this mindset of, I need to make change. Yes. And then they see you guys are running around like we we would do like at Quicksilver. I mean, we had concrete floors and we would do like desk chair races down the hallways <laughs> and like we were Christian and Soy came and we built mini ramps in the back. So you know, legit. like we did all this crazy. We would surf yeah. at lunch. One of, one of my favorite stories. And, at it Quicksilver. Probably, and it probably came back through the design, right? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. We would surf before work, at lunch, and and after work. And so one of these days, we went for a surf. It was in Huntington Beach, is where the campus was. And we're walking back in. Bob McKnight, who is the CEO of the company, is a USC alumni. And so we're walking back in, surfboards, wetsuits over. We got beers in our hands and burritos. And we're walking back into <laughs> That's the office. That's not a California right? image at all. Right. <laughs> and here comes, uh, back, back then it was um, Pete Carroll and like four USC football players with Bob McKnight walking out of the back doors wow. of the office towards the warehouse yeah. as we're walking in. And they look at us and they go, look at these assholes, just living the dream. And we're like, hey guys, and walk in, right? And yeah. for Bob, that was that's just another day. You gotta be so proud of that though. It's right? Like, this, these are our people. And like, this is my dream team. The life. And right. what's wrong with your team living the dream? Right, Right. Like that's- 100%. Oh my God. I, one anecdote, I was, I was applying for this job and one of the people who was part of the company was like kind of interviewing me and it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people kind of like, you know, not taking things as seriously as they should. I'm like, but wait, you had just told me like the company was doing really well. Well, yeah, we're doing really well. I'm like, and they're not as serious as they should be. You think like, well, I mean, is, do you, is it hurting anything? Well, no. I'm like, dude, that, that's, then you've got something great there. Like, right. Right. You, you truly have something like you're telling solid. me they're having a fantastic time. Yeah. They're love their job yeah. and they're crushing it. Right. Bro. Like <laughs> that's how you build a happy team. Right? Yeah. Happy teams create great products <laughs> that are more profitable and they work harder. Yeah. They work harder because they're invested emotionally. Totally. Into right. And you, when you stifle that, that's what I'm saying. When you kill that culture, right. when, you, when you get rid of the kegs and you get rid of like that craziness that kind of spawned the creativity, that spawned the ideas, that's when I think the death really does happen. Yeah. Right, death yeah. by a thousand HR yeah. paper cuts, you know? <laughs> HR paper cuts. I rem- uh, yeah, I mean, I remember working there again at Quick and like we had this, this lady come in to become the VP of our HR department and she came from this real corporate company. I remember her first uh, town hall meeting when Bob was up there talking and just the look on her face. We just watched her the whole time and she was just horrified. <laughs> She's just like, this is how you guys. Wait a minute. What? This is the CEO talking about She's company culture. She's just sitting culture. there with a list in her mind of violations. Oh, and like, yeah. She's just like, oh, it's yeah. so funny. It was so good. And it, But again, like you said, like that's what built that place. Yeah. Like yeah. that marketing team and that design team, like surfing and hanging with athletes and those guys being comfortable coming in and just having a good time. And I think people don't realize, and I've always thought, like as my personal uh, philosophy in business has been, if you create a company where people truly like dream about working at, yeah, your company is probably successful. Right. And you're also going to attract some of the best people you can that think too. of. That too. That too. But I, but your company is yeah. probably like the kind of company that people want to buy the stuff from. True. Right. Because not only do they wish they were part of it, you know, but the people that are working there are also like evangelizing about like how amazing yeah. this right. company is, you know? Right. Yeah. 
Well, and again, it's in the relationships too. I mean, for us, it's, it's, it's becoming friends with guys like you, you know, with all our, our influencers or instigators, or, I mean, they were just friends. Like this whole influencer thing is like, well, those are just friends of ours that, that now we're a gear that actually, you know, do the stuff that we all like to do. And and that's the rad thing about it. Right. Um, and it's, it's having that, that culture of not just in internally, but also the people you align with outside, you know, I think is also super important, you know, being very careful. I mean, the people that hit you up on social media every week and are just like, Hey man, can you give me a free hat? Or, Hey man, like, I'd like to, you know, what is it, what does it take to get some stuff from your brand? And, and you go to their, their, I always tell them, I say, well, number one, like we only work with people that we have a relationship with because you are now going to be a ambassador for our brand. And so if I don't have a relationship with you, I don't know who you are. I trust you to speak for my brand. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know the people you're aligned with and, and it may not fit our culture. And so I'm very protective of that. And, and I, I tell them like, we only work with people that I have a relationship with and that's it. And so come meet us at a show, come talk to us, you know, we'll figure something out. Or if, if you have somebody that already works with us, have them vouch for you. Yeah. And that's how we'll do this. But and that's how we've always made the best relationships. It's how we've met the best yeah, people. And, you know, it's, it's all about, um, community. Again, it goes back to community and, yeah. and knowing, knowing who you are, knowing who your people are and, and finding them, meeting them and then taking care of them. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, like giving them value, right? Like not asking as much as you're giving. And so it's, it's, how do you do that? It's such a balance. It's so crazy. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get hit up all the time. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah, it's good to say. It's a casual about it. Yeah, you know, I get hit up all the time. Well, it's, I mean, it's like, dude, I, we, have, we use a service called like, we make these cool lights. tickets. And it's like, sometimes I'm like looking at just dozens of messages of like, <laughs> hey, I just bought a truck. I really <laughs> want to get sponsored. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I really want to get sponsored. It's really cool. I'm like, all my my mom said so. <laughs> I'm like, my mom I, said so. I always want to, I always want to go into like, do you know how many hours? And like money of my own out of my pocket that I spent before I even like really got like all my program going. It's like, I'm like, well, I'm like, here's what could help in the future is like your media plan, your social following your YouTube channel. And then crickets. This, that, and the other. And then it's like, well, no, I love the guys that come back and Hey, you gave me a lot to think about. I'm like, awesome. I wonder what that guy's going to come back with next year. Right. You know? And then there's the people, yeah, it's crickets. Right. Or there's the people like, well, no, you know, I really think I give you a lot. I'm like, well, we're not in a position to do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, and then there are sometimes those guys where, you know, they have the reach and they have the following and people look up to him and you're like, you know what, if he's representing me and not the other guy, sometimes that's, that's good too. Yeah. Um, but I try not to do that too much here and there. And, and I always attempt to make sure that there is some potential for relationship in those cases as well. Um, but I'll tell you, even my own community will call me out sometimes. I'm like, Hey, yeah, I'm thinking about bringing this guy on, dude. Why are you thinking about bringing that guy on? Do you know, do you know who he is? I'm like, well, not, not personally. So I'm willing to make my own judgments, <laughs> but it's like, well, I've had this experience. I'm like, okay, well, then I think about that and I right. listen to them. And cause you know, at the end of the day, it is a big family, right? Yes. KC. And, uh, I think even our ambassadors are very protective of the brand. So, right. um, so I gotta say that is that. something really cool about you guys. You know, I think you guys do have a community, right. And you yeah. see the events that you do. And I, I see that. The, your, the group that kind of flows together, right? Yeah. Like it's like they're all friends already, yep. you know? Yeah. And so it's really cool to, to see what you guys have done um, at KC because it's it does seem like a family. It does seem like a culture, right? It's right. not just, hey, we're just sending out a bunch of crap and hopefully they put it on their rigs and tag us in a photo. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, we're doing events. We're doing fun stuff. I'm engaging them in, in uh, like summer camp or whatever, you know? Yep. Like right. those things right. that are just such cool. God, don't even say that word. Community <laughs> events. Yeah. Sorry. Such a bummer. <laughs> right. Such a bummer. 
But yeah, but, I mean, no, it's so true. And that's kind of like, I think your secret sauce as well is like being part of the community in a genuine, honest way where you're not selling yourself out and you're, you're kind of banking into a group of people that you're investing in. And in turn, they're investing back into you with like goodwill right. and faith and whatnot. Um, similar to me, like, yeah, I could keep getting 5.11 pants easy. And I, there's a couple favorites that I have, but you know, the, as far as like my relationship, like with that goes now, it's like more on the beyond side They have that beyond clothing company, which is a good friend of mine as well. So it's you and him really like where I'm just like, this is kind of where I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm good here, right. you know, with you guys. And, um, and it's got to be good shit. And you guys have not disappointed, you ah, know? Thank you. Um, I, I just like when I see the passion come out in, mm. in the product for me personally. And I like when there's a story behind it and it's not just this, like, we got to make this for the sake of making it, <laughs> right. you know, like we're going to put a, we're going to put a patch like spot on the side of this garment for the sake of putting a patch on the side of the garment, but it serves no true purpose <laughs> right. or function. It's like that doesn't feel genuine right yeah and there was a lot of that too early on like in the last like maybe like two or three years ago there was yeah. a lot of things just being done for the sake of being done for the a lot whether of companies it's, were doing that whether it's know? cool factor yeah. or it was just they felt that's what was cool like it was there was really no purpose to a lot of the pockets all over the place but yeah. so only half of them made sense yeah like, like they hot were topic. just to have more pockets. exactly <laughs> like hot like, topic well, pants you know right. like, <laughs> hot topic pants you got like 50 pockets yeah, 50 pockets Those but i don't baggy, know what to buy to fill in I don't ever want to carry that much stuff to begin with. Like, <laughs> what I, I think that's even the funny thing because even my business partner is like, you are so in the weeds with this stuff every day and you're so passionate about it that you speak at like a 10 level when it comes to product, right? Yeah. And so he's like, I love that and that's what makes you great. But at the same time, our customer speaks at maybe a one. Right. So like, how do you then take all that yeah. passion and all that knowledge because you've been doing this day in and day out for 20 years and bring it to a level to where our customers can start to understand what that actually means, you yeah. know, where it's like I start digging in on like, oh, well, this is why we went this much nylon and then this much spandex and then this stretch and that's why it's a weft stretch, not a warp stretch. And then we, you know, did a, you, you get into the weeds on this, right. <laughs> even, even I'm, I'm like looking right now, at I'm you like, guys and you're like, what I think are you I under, I think I understood 30% of that. Dude, right. you, select, you select 10 people within the community Throw them in your gear, take them on a trail. Right. And like, right. Just here's why. Us, yeah, here's yeah, your why. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where like I can have that passion. And, yeah. and that's where even early on, you know, when I couldn't go out and, and hit the trails as much and do all these things. Because, again, I had two. I was working a full-time job yeah. and I was building off the grid. And, and a and family. I a, and, a, and I had a family. You know, I had a family. I got two kids. <laughs> and and people would always say like, well, you know, you can't, you're not the best rock crawler. And I'm like, well, which I'm the clothing designer. Right. Like, would you rather have me be the best, you know, at doing this stuff or I, this is what I enjoy and this yeah. is what I love. But yeah. at the end of the day, like I want to be the best clothing designer for this community, period. Right. Like that's my goal. And that's why I've never had fear of somebody starting another brand or another brand coming into the space because that just energizes me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, it's showing like, okay, we have an industry. It now. validates the space, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, high tide raises all ships. And yeah. two, like, I know that I'm the kind of person that I'm going to be focused on making the best stuff. We had another brand, actually, we saw this email come through on a purchase. Another brand had bought some of our gear and okay. I was like, oh, that's weird. And so I even searched a person on LinkedIn to see who they were. And they're a designer at this other company <laughs> who's kind of outside the space even, which is yeah. interesting. And so it's, but that, that fires me up because I'm like, cool, you're going to take that design that I did six months ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, that was probably eight months you're ago. You're going to be behind the curve. And then you're going to take it. You're going to have to get it in your pipeline, which if you're at a brand that size, probably 18 months to two years right. to get it into 
production to where you actually deliver it, right. I'm already going to be on, you're, I'm going to be two, two more ahead, products yeah. ahead of that. So yeah. like, awesome. Go ahead. Like, Speed to market is key, right? And I'm going to call you out when you launch that product and it looks just <laughs> like mine. I'll blow you up on <laughs> social media and be like, look at these guys. That's funny. I'm trying to feed my kids over here. Yeah. <laughs> look at these guys. <laughs> you guys run Super Bowl ads and you're copying right. my stuff. Or right. It's like four are person company you trying to real? feed our kids. <laughs> so it's it's pretty funny. But I was that's that fires me up. Like yeah. I love that. I'm like good. Yeah. Like we're doing something right then. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's always the hope and that's always the goal is, um, you know, if we started getting feedback all the time that was just like this stuff is just crap and like. We, I would really have a long, hard thought about, do I want to keep going in this? Yeah. yeah. And so it's been the community. It's been that feedback that's like, hey, you know what? These pants didn't fit exactly right. But so much of the feedback was, these are some of the most well-made pants I've ever seen. Yeah. And so while these didn't fit me 100% correct, I, I'm, I want to trade them in and get, get my right, right size, size, you yeah. know? And it's like, okay, that's awesome. Like, well, you, one, yes, we need to fix this fit issue. But at the same time, like to hear that feedback of like, these are some of the most well-made pants I've ever seen. It's like, okay. We, we're we're going in the right direction. Like we need to make some tweaks, but yeah, you know that feedback. I mean, that keeps us going some days where it's like we've had a hard day, and we'll get a comment that's just like, "Oh, I got my pants, and these are the best things ever." And just appreciate you guys. I live in these now, like, or yep. I no longer wear this brand because I all I wear is your stuff now. I mean, yeah. that, that keeps us going, you know, throughout the week. It Absolutely. really does. You know, no, it's crazy. I like I like I like you. <laughs> you got you got some fight, man. You're scrappy as F. I love it. I fucking love it. I love that you're just like, I don't care, man. Come come follow me. But right. you're gonna be following, fucker. Right. You can stay back there in the dust. Exactly. You know, we're gonna keep trailblazing. You know, that's why we called that first pant the trailblazer. It's I like love it. I this is our first it. product, man. We're that's gonna awesome. we're gonna be blown ahead. Dude, this was awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm so super stoked. stoked. That seems like a fantastic place to put a pin in it for next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad we got to see the the spot. The spot looks great. I think if anybody's in the Escondido area, I would highly recommend stopping by and checking it out. It's I mean, even if you're not, even if you're going to plan a trip to the desert and right. you just go south or north from SoCal just to make your way east, I'd say it's definitely worth a little a little side trip of a half hour to an hour to Get make it Get yourself a pair of pants you're going to love. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Tell them, tell, tell these guys where you're going and what they recommend for you to wear. And I guarantee you'll probably love it. It's yeah. pretty rad. Yeah. yeah come pantsless cool. and we'll come pantsless. <laughs> we'll outfit you for your trip. Come in your boxers. <laughs> my wife, my wife does want some girl shirts though. Some All you need awesome. is boxers and a credit card. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. The girl's pants are coming out. Soon, are they? So. Are they really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Fantastic. Well, I'll pay some bills. Pay some bills. All right. Uh, first and foremost, um, our good friends over at KC Highlights for supporting us um, from the beginning. Um, fantastic lights, brand new lights yep. um, out into the market. The Flex Air 3s, which already sold out. Um, we fantastic. Will be, we will be restocking them soon. Actually, by the time you listen to this, it'll yep. be later in September. Yep. So in a couple, a week or two, we should get a new stock order in. And I would definitely recommend jumping on that. These things have been kind of unprecedented in terms of how they've been flying yeah, off the cakes, shelf man like a, like a um, bakery at four in the morning nobody really expected. yeah <laughs> nobody expected it at that velocity but you know we brought on some really good people to help and we we really did a concerted effort across the company to like you know um market it and show everyone what what it was and what it was all about yeah. and uh the strategy with the influencers like it all just paid off too well yeah. And it's a you know I'll take I'll take that kind of loss where it's yeah. like you did too good of a job and now it's like you know we have nothing to sell. Yeah, because I'd rather it's all gone. I'd rather oversell than undersell yeah. any day, any day of the week. Because eventually <laughs> they're going to come back in stock, and you're going to hear about it. and And it's even better this way because then you're going to hear about it from other people and what they really think. And yeah. And I'm sure the news is still going to be well and good. So it's a great light, 
And uh, it's the start. It's the start of more to come. Yep. So I'm pretty stoked about where that's going. And then um, also don't forget to check out Gear Forward. Uh, we're always taking gear for them. If not, you can reach out to them directly. Uh, and they're on Instagram at gear underscore forward um, and on their website, gearforward.com. Um, help them out. Kids all over the country um, can help explore and experience the outdoors and hopefully open some new horizons on what's available and accessible to them um, in their futures and hopefully grow um, into fine young adults. Totally. Um, and also huge thanks, obviously, to Josh and Off the Grid. Um, yeah. Where can people find you? Ah, yeah. Uh, so off the grid surplus.com or off the grid surplus on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. And you guys kill it. I, I didn't, I figured, you know, listening to your podcast, you read that stuff off a of script or something. Oh, <laughs> no, no. We just <laughs> you guys sit just, and talk. Dude, yeah, we just sit well, and talk. It's like, it's like relationships, like you were talking about. Like, I think the weirdest podcasts we've ever done have been like really cold where yeah. we have no relationship. The best podcasts are always the ones where we kind of have a relationship at minimum. Like, we know the people, we're friendly with them, or right. one of us is really tight. So then it allows the other other one other member of our team to like be comfortable and it, it just flows. Yeah. Um, real quick though, I do want to say, per like earlier in our podcast, we were talking about Corva Treadlight Leaf. Yes. Yes. Orba, if you're in, if you're in business of off road, Orba, the Off Road Business Association, um, these are great groups to get involved with, to be part of, to support. If you 100%. really dig into them, they're older dudes. They're guys who've been like around forever. And, right. you know, Tread Lightly, it's a little bit younger. Corva's a little bit older. Orba's definitely older. But these guys need your support. They can't right. do it on their own. They've been fighting the good fight for like so long. And they, you know, I'm not making any money off it, but I'm nope. saying like try to help them out, give them some right. money. More you importantly, know? they're fighting for you yeah. because of their passion, because yeah. they love right. doing it, because they want you to love doing it and to be able to keep doing it. And they it. got off their ass and actually did something exactly. about all the shit that you're always wishing somebody would do something about. Yep. Well, and they've been doing it since the beginning of them trying to shut down public land. So they've seen it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and they know what they're doing. And, and we need this next generation of off-roaders and, and community to grow up and, and start supporting these guys and really being a part of it. For exactly. sure. Yeah. Especially with all these fires right now, yes. oh, man. shit's gonna get shut down. It's oh, gonna, and this, oh, yeah. this is the biggest excuse to shut trails down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember. And we're already seeing it. Right. For for valid reasons right now, right. but will but will they come back on? Is <laughs> right. the question. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when they got Pismo shut down, and now it's like, well, you know, snowy oh. plovers moved in, and exactly, you know, we can't open back up again. Yeah. Exactly. What? Crazy. Sorry, tangent, tangent at yes, the end. Tangent at the end. <laughs> so if you stay, if you kept listening past pay the bills, congratulations. <laughs> you got a bonus little, segment. You got bonus. a little bonus segment. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Ollie, guys. You can find me at Kate the Jeep. I'm Frank at Trucky McTruck Face. Josh at J Patterson eighty eight. I don't have some fancy Instagram personal one. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.